What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael, and we've got a fun guest today. My main man, Ryan Green of CBS4 Denver. If you're not familiar with him, he's the dude that makes all the super dope vlogs that they do, really just changing the game when it comes to what a, a sports broadcast can be in terms of, you know, like your local light nightly news. He's just so talented, one of the most talented people I know. And it's just always a, always fun to get his perspective. You know, we we didn't go to CSU at the same time, unfortunately, but it was it was cool to just kind of reminisce about our experiences on campus. You know, ask him where some of his favorite spots are, you know, what it was like in the dorms. <laughs> Talked about, you know, being hungover, the type of stuff you drank in college, all that fun stuff. So, I don't know, it was just kind of fun to, to go down memory lane and, and talk about something a little bit more lighthearted. Obviously, there's quite a bit going on in the news. You know, it was a huge day given everything that came out with the Washington Post and all of that. And unfortunately, I don't, I don't really think it's, it's anything that was shocking, shocking given what we've heard about the Redskins organization, the Washington uh, organization previously, but just always, always really disheartening to see just really sick, you know, sexist behavior. It's, it's really, really rampant in sports. Unfortunately, I have, you know, plenty of, of female friends that work in the, in the industry that can testify that they've had, you know, all kinds of creepy, weird type stuff happen to them. So it's, it's just a bummer that, that this type of crap is still happening. But there was obviously some some interesting stuff in there given with uh, Jay Gruden and Capri Bibbs. Now, it's all speculation. This is all just like Twitter accusations, you know, that we don't have any valid reporters coming out and, and putting anything out like that yet. But allegedly, there was some shady stuff going on with, with Capri Bibbs and sleeping with a team receptionist that the head coach Jay Gruden was also uh, having an affair with and then allegedly Jay Gruden found out and got upset about it and resulted it resulted in Capri getting benched with Capri getting benched the backup running back ended up missing a block and that's how Alex Smith got hurt again this is all just internet speculation but wow what a day on twitter.com wild I'm gonna talk about that more tomorrow but I had to I had to at least address it a little bit because I know that was obviously the hot topic online today. Just crazy. You know, we don't, like I said, at this point, it's all speculation. We don't have any proof or anything like that. But it would help fill in the blanks a little bit in, in terms of, you know, why why didn't Capri play? Because whenever he did, he was pretty productive. It always felt like, it always felt like, I don't know. It just, it felt like there was something that we didn't know. Maybe this is it. Just a weird, weird situation. What a trash organization Washington is, though. Dan Snyder, man, just a just a sleazeball altogether. Sounds like the entire organization had just a ton of issues, though, from top to bottom. So good that that stuff's being exposed. Unfortunate that it's still happening in 2020. And in terms of the Capri stuff, it's just more bummer because I think he's really going to go down as a as a what if, you know, what if he would have stayed longer at CSU? What if he would have had another breakout year here and then got drafted? Maybe he ends up in a better situation. Maybe he's still a starting running back to this day. Instead, obviously, everything that happens in Denver, then he goes on to Washington. 
and apparently things just got even even messier out there so crazy crazy day on twitter one to keep your eyes on moving forward we'll see how that storyline progresses all right let's get right into that interview with my main man ryan green really appreciative of him taking the time to, to come on and chat with me always good to just you know get his perspective on things before we get into this though i gotta talk about our friends at breckenridge brewery the 15 can sampler is a game changer Get a little bit of Hot Peak IPA, a little bit of Avalanche Ale, a little bit of Strawberry Sky. This is, it's just a match made in heaven. You get a little bit of something for everyone. You don't have to worry, you know, you got a diverse group of friends. I When it comes to beer taste, everybody is different. This is going to just be a situation where you're going to be able to please everyone. And that's the best. That's what you want to do. Check out that 15 can sampler. Pick it up at a liquor store near you. I've been drinking Strawberry Sky all summer, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of lame. I, I don't like to branch out that much. Most of you, you guys are going to want to, you know, experience what life has to offer. Branch out, try the different beers. You're probably a little bit more adventurous. Check out that 15-can sampler. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Use the Breck Beer Locator. It'll tell you the closest liquor store near you. Takes all the inconvenience out of beer shopping. Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. What's up, my dude? Ryan Green, CBS4. Sir, how's it going, man? It's been been a while since I've seen you. It's this is awesome. It has been a while. I'm I'm doing okay. How are you? Life is like simultaneously more normal, but also more chaotic since the last time you were on, because that was like the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it's kinda it's kinda wild. Like, um still working from home. Uh haven't been to the studio in like, man, four months. And but all the sports are like still kind of starting up now. Like the Avs are in, going, the Nuggets are going, the Rockies are going, the Broncos are surprisingly very close to the training camp. Um, so it's it's wild. It's like you it, it, it causes that dichotomy in your brain is like, well, yeah, it's stuff starting up, but I'm still stuck at home. So is it like does it feel that way? It's just like I, and and even if it does start up, am I allowed in, or is it just like my photog photographer? Or, or you know, my anchors. Like I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's a roller coaster. I'm happy to be still employed, but it's just, a, it's like, okay, wh what next? Like I'm getting anxious. Are you more used to it yet? Because you're like, granted, you're the dude that does all the the vlogs and everything. So you're, you're normally out and about. You're always at an event. You're pretty much never home. Now you're always home. Yeah. It that part like honestly sucks like that that's the part that i like doing that's like it, it was it was just awesome going and showing people a different side of everything and so um and like creatively that was like my outlet so like now i'm just editing some like practice vo sent to me by the by the teams and it's like this is not that fun so <laughs> it's it's gotten easier you it, it's it's you know at first it was like day to day you didn't know what was going to go on and now it's become like a routine now now i'm like kind of got the handle of what working from home and doing tv five nights a week is like um but again i just i want things to be normal like i want to be go i want to go out and shoot stuff it's been way too long and so i'm going to regret that when everything comes back and i'm going to be slammed for 6 months shooting stuff but at, at the moment i want it back 
how long do you think well, i guess i mean your guess is as good as mine but i just wonder when you'll be back working in the studio like a traditional setting you know the, the way that you were used to just say even six months ago right i'm i mean the so the yeah that's the thing is that like my role at the studio and at the station itself is relatively small. So I don't like need to be there. And so they just don't, they just don't want it to become like a hotbed of, of like coronavirus. They don't want like, Oh, a bunch of CBS employees tested positive and all that. So um, I don't, I don't know when it's going to get normal. I would assume it, it's going to have to get, we're going to have to get let back if they're doing if they're actually going to start playing, you know, NBA games and NHL games and MLB games, because if those are getting over late, I cannot edit of like the way we do it f- from home. There's just like the, the, the world's internet is not fast enough for there to not to be a lag with me doing that. And in live television, and it's not, it's just not, it would not be possible. And so that's probably going to have to change, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if the, the protocols allow it. I don't, I don't know if I have to like tell an editor at the station editing like news stories that he has to edit the, the highlights. It's, it's going to be wild. What was that transition like? Was it relatively smooth just given that, I mean, you're a tech savvy dude. So I think you were probably better suited for this than, you know, let's just be real. If CBS had a, you know, a 65 year old producer or something like that, maybe not as seamless as a, of a transition. Uh, yeah. And, and again, there are some at the station that, you know, I'm, I'm like not calling out the old people, but just so they, they weren't used to it. Like I, I, I understood what they were trying to do, you know, like, Oh, this, this application is, is getting to your work computer and you can work there. Like I understand what that, what I can do that remotely. That makes sense to me. I understand what the, uh, some people, you know, they're like, wait, so is this like my actual computer or is it like a mirror thing? Like what? Are, and, and so it's, it, it, it was tough the first couple weeks and especially cause the IT department is not that big. And so like all of a sudden they have to do the whole station like remotely, not just, not just anchors and reporters, but producers and graphics and, you know, all of that. So it was like, it was just a wild first week and we, we all deserve, or at least the IT department deserves a few extra vacation days. <laughs> um, but yeah, but now it's like, we're, we're kind of, you know, working smoothly. There's still the stupid delay that you have with all the different live shots, but um, it's, it is, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're making it happen. We're still, we're still, we still have, you know, sports to talk about. If you, like you were saying, if you told me March 13th that, you know, on July 16th, you would have a lot of stuff going on. I'd be like, Oh, thank God. Because I just, at that time I was like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in the next month. Right. With, with nothing going on. And so it's just wild. It is weird that even like, I think back to like March, April coronavirus numbers were obviously not as high, but everybody was just like terrified of it. And now we're just kind of like desensitized to it and, I don't know if that's good or bad because I don't think I don't think I could have lived the last six months feeling as like scared as I felt in March, April, you know, but also part of me is like, I feel like I'm getting a little too comfortable. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the guy that goes out, you know, to the bars and stuff like that. I'm still taking all the proper precautions. But how have we just gotten used to living in a pandemic that that seems so surreal to me? 
No, I'm with you. I think it's obviously the culture that we live in and like the immediacy of things. And so two weeks just seems like an entire year. And we were all just, you know, it's, it's boring, right? We can't go out. We can't see people. We can't like do cool things. We get to go outside, but you know, once the weather turns, what are we going to be doing then? You know, what are people going to be having to do then? So it's, I'm with you. It's like, but it's like anything. It's like, you know, it's, it was like a, like a new year's resolution. Like, yeah, the first month you're like gung ho on that stuff. And then you just become used to it and you're like, ah, I don't know what I was thinking. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> and so, yeah, I wish we had a different type of cultural mindset in this country to where it would be like, yeah, you know what? Let's really calm it everything down. Let's shut everything down and get, uh, get this under control. But I don't know. It's just like, it's just America where it's like, nah, we need to be working. We need to get back. Like things aren't normal. And yeah, okay. Well, so a couple of us die, you know, we're going to really tank the country's economy for just a few thousand people. Like I can't get into that mindset, but that's, I understand that that is the country I'm living in right now. It's just a weird, weird reality. I mean, I am excited that pro sports are coming back. I just, I understand all of the, the issues that come with it. And I, I know you, that you do as well, but do you feel like, do you feel like we're actually going to be able to get through this? Like, I mean, I just look at the MLS and the bubble seems to be more or less, you know, working, but the NBA is a lot bigger. You have a lot more people. Right. I just, it, it, I guess at this point I've just been let down so many times and I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, ah, eh, we'll see. I think it's, I, I genuinely think it's, it, it, it depends on the size of the sport. Like football is a lot of players and a lot of coaches and a lot of training staff. That's a lot of people on the sideline and it gets even bigger in college, right? They have even more players and more staff and all of that. And then they have to deal with being on a college campus. And so the NBA and MLS may be able to make it work because it's just like, you kind of have to worry about 14 guys on each team, but I, I don't know. I, I, I see it and I see them starting up. And then when I see the teams traveling, I just see the positive cases going up again. Right. I, I don't see how the Rockies chances or, or the Rockies chances of going to Texas and one of them contracting it there seems to be higher if they went somewhere else. Right. So like, I, I don't know what they're going to do there. If you start the season and then the cases spread again, are you going to stop the season? Like what's, what, are, are you going to resume it back in winter? Like, what's the point? Like, I, I, so I, I'm really surprised that we're like really close to having a lot of the major sports start up. And, uh, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see with MLS if they, if they do a good job, maybe it can be done, but I, I really just don't see how, especially in football, how such a physical sport it is. And with literal fluids being exchanged with each other. I just I don't I don't see how they don't have like cases spike. And the and the awful thing is is that like it's gonna hit home for us and it's again this is really sad, but it's gonna hit home for for us for a lot of us when it affects someone we like really know. And so it's like it would have to be a Denver Bronco getting COVID, getting hospitalized, right? Like 
having the, the, the other players pray for them. Like I, it, it would be really like, it has to, we would unfortunately have to see the extreme and I'm kind of having to like gear myself up for that. Right. Like I'm like, w- w- which is the one crazy random high school basketball player that gets it right. Like I, it, it's the, I see the stories on Twitter now of people I don't know and young people getting it and, and being hospitalized and dying. So of course it can happen here. And so that's where it's like, yeah, obviously we want all these things to happen, but when you really think about like, oh man, what if like a Colorado Avalanche player seriously gets ill? Like what if he, you know, that's that's where I think it all becomes like really real again. And so um, you're right. It's just like, we're all complacent with it. We're all guilty of it, I think. Like you said, like I'm certainly washing my hands less than I was four months ago. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm definitely washing my hands, but man, my hands were like beaten up and dry i was washing them so many times and now it's just like you know we're just becoming complacent it's it's that's just how it is what's weird is i mean i guess it's natural you see it with pretty much anything we all have difference in opinion but even with the people that have already gotten it you're seeing just such a drastic reaction different reaction like von miller obviously tested positive a while back and he's been pretty open about you know it was it was hard to breathe i was pretty scared at some points and then I don't know if you saw the quotes from Charlie Blackman or if you were involved in that press one, but mm-hmm. he didn't seem to be like as, you know, say it was as drastic. And so then at that point, it's just like, man, we're going to have like players even that feel differently about it. Coaches that feel differently about it. And no, I mean, like, look I, at, I, how do you, can you tell someone they're wrong if right. they had COVID and they're like, it's not that serious. Like, I mean, the sports story right now that isn't getting talked enough is like what's going on with Elena Della Don and the NBA. That's crazy. She, that's crazy that they're like making her play. And she's like, no, I'm worried. Like personally, I like, if I get it, I don't know how it could affect me. And they're like, yeah, we tested you. She has Lyme disease You're, for those that don't aren't yes, aware of uh, the situation. Apologies. Yes. Um, so like, she's like, yeah, but I don't, I don't know how it would react. And they're like, yeah, but right now you're healthy. So get like, get out there. Like, uh, I, I, and, and again, it's like, what if she does get sick? I know that people are like, oh, but she could also get in a car accident, like going to the game. And it's like, yeah, okay. But right now, if, if you know, like the, the chances of her getting sick are pretty high. Yeah, the chances of her dying are not that necessarily high. But but why would you, that's the other funny thing is like, so why would you, if you told me that, hey, hey, Ryan, if you go to the club tonight, you're going to get a cold. I'd be like, well, then I'm not going to go. I don't want a cold. The colds suck. A, a, a coronavirus is 20 times worse than this and like even more lethal. Yeah, I, w- I would not go. But like, come on. Obviously, the car accidents, yeah, they happen. But that's a wild thing to even like think about. Like that has so many things have to happen. But coronavirus, it's, just, you know, one random cough yeah, it's into my face. Like it, it, I, it's I, and again, I, I can't understand how you're, you're going to make a player basically play with and and she's like just worried about her health. I, 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 don't, I don't understand. The stakes should never be life or death for a game. I guess right. like it should be that simple when it comes to that. So I don't I'm at a I'm kind of at the point where I feel like if, if the athletes want to play, I'm not gonna tell them they're wrong because like we've already established, you know, our country is taking the approach of we're moving forward. Like this is the approach we're taking. Buckle so. up. <laughs> I get that. And, you know, as a sports guy, obviously I really want sports to be able to talk about and all that. I just, with the WNBA, 
how how do you not read the room a little bit from a PR perspective? Like as much as I support sports, you have to you have to give them the option to opt out. Like right. It just I, it, it's that simple. And especially I, again, like you're saying, and especially in this climate, like the WNBA has been killing it. They have been like leading a lot of these movements, or at least helping lead with the movements, and 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 being one of the first major sports to you know get all of this info out there and and support it. And so, like, when I saw it, I was like, what? Why? No, this is, is this a joke? Like, why would the WNBA, like, I, I would feel that they would get behind, especially Atlanta Teladon. Like, come on. Like, that's, you know, that's a big name where you're, that you're like, no, nah, no, nah, you're you're playing. You're fine. Just get out there. Like, I, Very I, that's odd. where I was like, woof. Uh, it's just, yeah, it, did, it just didn't, it did not seem on brand, as as the kids are saying, so. And that's pretty much like the opposite of approach that you see in the NBA. I mean, not really so much with this, but I mean, I think back to like Kevin Durant's injury and like the approach in the NBA is basically like, you know, like we're going to be as cautious as possible because the players are the product. And, and especially like, I don't, of the baseball players and of the basketball players I've seen that opt out. I'm like, yeah, all right. I respect that. Like, you know, you, you, you have, you clearly have more priorities than fighting over a ball or a puck, you know, like it, it, you, you have family priorities. So yeah, if there's a, there's a vaccine, that would be great. I think that's when things really start to get normal and people feel at least somewhat protected. But right now when this thing is running rampant and you don't know what's going on and you don't know if you have the, the key to the, to the, you know, the most lethal version of it, you know, why take the risk? I understand why people don't want it. We'll get right back to the podcast in a second, but first, can you feel it? The excitement and anticipation has been growing for weeks, and the time is almost here. That's right, folks. Baseball is coming back next week. The Rockies will be taking the field in less than 10 days, and there is no better place to get in on the action and with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To put you in the center of the action, DraftKings Sportsbook is celebrating the new season with a special promotion. Before the season starts, place a bet of at least $25 on who will be crowned the champion, and they'll give you a $25 free bet to use on opening day. Clutch, free is always better, guys. While we are excited for baseball, don't forget that there's also European soccer happening all week long and a huge golf tournament that is sure to be thrilling. The memorial, a lot of fun. Spent some time live betting today. Basically broke even. I kind of blew it at the end. I was up about 15 bucks, blew it at the end. Is what it is, but you know, that's part of the fun. It's what makes a boring event, like, you know, the first day of a four-day tournament, that much better. DraftKings Sportsbook is US-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Plus, it's easy to deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That code DNVR gets you a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first best match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I did want to. I did want to ask you. You know, what was your reaction when you saw No Rocky Mountain Showdown? I mean, obviously, 
based on everything we've said right now, I don't think anybody was shocked, but you know, as a CSU you, you guy, you didn't want time. none of this. That's what it was. <laughs> no, nah, it's, I mean, like how unfortunate that possibly the biggest game, easily the biggest game in canvas stadium history, but one of the bigger games in four Collins that, that could possibly have been played. And it's just not there. Like, I think especially us, us more recent Rams, we've kind of gotten used to, yeah, the Buffs, are, they should win. Like, let's be real. Like, they, they, they should win 30 to 14, like, every time. That's just how the Pac-12 and the Mountain West start. That's just what it is. That's where this program's at. And so, like, it, it, it was like, eh, you know, I'm not going to miss, like, having to lose to see you and go get my hopes up and then, like, ah. But every now and then it's like, oh, yes, we actually did it. But, um, yeah, it was just a bummer because it was like, that that was that would have been such as, as we've been talking about this entire podcast. It would have been so much more than the game. It would have been like it would have meant a lot for CSU. I think you would have seen so many alumni come in. And again, I think it would have been the most attended game ever. It would have gotten. Gosh, I can't. I I I really one of the first things I was like, man, they're going to lose a lot of revenue. <laughs> I mean, the, those those beer sales, you know, the concession sales, and the the shirts and the memorabilia. Ah, man, it was just. It was a bummer. Uh, I hope it it was just pushed back. I hope it wasn't canceled completely. But um, yeah, it, that, that's just what it was. It was just like I was more upset about losing the event, losing the day, than I wasn't necessarily losing the game. The thing that's been interesting is up until this point, we haven't actually heard or had any type of public statement or response from CSU or Joe Parker in regards to this Rocky Mountain showdown. And to me, that says, well, they're doing everything that they possibly can behind the scenes to, we'll do this to make it work. We'll do this, you know, we'll push it back. We'll do anything we can. Yeah. Unfortunately, if you're CU, I just, I don't see them doing anything because one, I think the PAC 12 is probably going to stand firm in their stance. Like they'll just come to the, come out with, well, why would we let CU play non-conference games if other people aren't playing non-conference games? And then if you're CU, you probably don't have a lot of incentive because you didn't want to play this game on the road in the first place. So it's the, it's kind of the perfect situation, a, a get out of jail free card. Although that doesn't sound great. Cause like we said, CU's <laughs> they've won. So, you know, this isn't a situation where we're like, you know, the buffs were running, they were, they were scared, but the thing is logistically, Playing CSU makes the most sense for CU. It's the shortest distance. It's right there. You know, it's like the same That's, kind yeah, of conditions. Exactly. It's just a tough sell when you're saying like, well, okay, they can go to Arizona, one of the biggest hotspots in the country. They can go to USC. Right. They can go to Los Angeles. Now, maybe the, maybe these games won't happen either. There's there's a real argument that, you know, canceling non-conference play was just the first domino, much how like, you know, right. they, they originally just canceled the... Yeah, the no, now I'm basketball seeing, tournaments. Right now, I'm seeing a spring Madness. startup for football. Like yeah. I was like, ah, all right, we're really gonna try that one now. Um, but yeah, it's like I don't know. It it's tough. I actually, I, you know, CU fans will probably be like, "Oh, you say that every year," but I really did feel like CSU was the better team going into it this year, just given everything that happened with the Mel Tucker situation. The Buffs don't have a quarterback. Yeah, I do like what they've got going defensively, but I don't know. Warren Jackson, he's a bad dude. Trey McBride, you got Patrick O'Brien coming back. I think, you know, Adazio's 
going to do some good things for the offensive line. You return a lot of talent on defense. Oh. Yeah. It would have been in Fort Collins. It would have been. You just have a lot of things going for you at CSU. If you lose that game, then that get prepared for a ton of little brother trolling from CU. And and CSU would have deserved it at that point. Right. Oh, and the Hughes Stadium people. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sash. See, this is what you get for building that stadium. Right. That boondoggle. That boondoggle. That's how I learned that word was because of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, those people are wild. Uh, And so, but yeah, I like it's, I, I, I'm with you. I, I was looking at it as objectively as possible, but I was like, no, I think CSU has a pretty good shot at winning. I don't think it's going to be a whooping. You know, I could see, see you making it a game for sure. And easily I could see them winning. But, um, but like you said, in terms of like where their quarterback you know, situation is where their head coaching situation is, you know, it's one thing to be CSU and go looking for someone and and finding a good candidate and then getting everyone excited. It's another thing to do CU and be like, Oh, someone left us. We need somebody like that's, that's a, that's a totally different mindset that you kind of have to overcome. And so it's a, it is, it's a bummer and it could have been, you know, especially with all the recruiting hype and again, the new coaching staff and all the things that have been going on in the off season, it could have been a nice little, you know, propeller for, for the Rams for the entire season. They could have had a nice little run. Uh, and we just, we may just never know. It's just a good way to start, uh, you know, your, your coaching tenure. If you're a Dazio, you have a ton of excitement around the game. You get a sold out stadium. You know, the game's going to be on national television, You've got recruits watching. You've got the state watching, and now you just lose all of that. Right. As of right now, you still have Vanderbilt, Northern Colorado on the schedule. We'll see. I guess we'll see. I hope. I. I don't know what. To Northern Colorado sounds like. like you could do it, but again, if you if you if you say you can do Northern Colorado, I don't see how you can just like then go out of state. So uh, it, the same with CU. Like if you say, no, nah, we can do in-state with CSU, I, then I don't see how you can go like fly a plane to Arizona. Like you were saying, like I, how could you go to Arizona at the moment? <sighs> the, the only logic behind playing the league-only slate is that you have uniformity when it comes to testing. Right. And I get that. And I, you know, that was the point I made on my podcast when I was trying to, when the news initially broke and I'm trying to, you know, talk CSU fans off the ledge and I'm saying, you know, <sighs> It sucks. Everything about this sucks. You've been waiting since 1996 for this game. Everybody's stoked. You feel like you have a finally good chance. And the worst part about it is you don't even get to like talk trash because like I said, it's not CU's decision. So that's even more annoying. Like I would, I think as is coming from a CSU perspective, it would have been better if we could have at least been like, Oh, they're just a bad guy. They backed out because they want to play somebody bigger or something like that. no, they get out of it and they get out of it completely <laughs> unscathed. They don't know CSU anything from a contract perspective. They right. can't even troll them about it. It's just a lose, lose, lose. So it is. Life of a Rams fan. Sometimes. Right. It's just like Ram life. Have you been betting on sports at all? Man, no. In Colorado? I, I can't. I just, I, I don't blame anyone for doing it. I, I understand possibly the appeal. But I, I'm not, I just can't do the anxiety, man. Like, even if it's like $20, <laughs> like, it's like, oh my God, every, every play, like, I, I'm just like, ah, 
That's why you got to go small. Like I literally will bet like $1 on a game (laughs) that I don't care about. And then it's really intriguing to me. And then if I win, it's like, Ooh, I won four bucks. And if you lose, it's like, "Ah, I lost a buck. Right. But but see, I'm like, I don't know. I'm a, I'm like, if, when I get into something, I get super into it. And so if I, if I ever got into betting, it would be game over. It would be, it would be not good. I do need Um, to, I do need to check myself a little bit. I've been getting, I'm up a couple hundred dollars since it was legalized in April or whatever. But it's because I've been doing the smart approach. So, you know, like never go too big, hedge myself. So most no, of the time I, I come out even. But if we did a weekend in Blackhawk, I would bet all weekend. Right. But I can't, I can't do it like every time. I like Korean baseball. Nah, I would never in a million years would I bet on <laughs> Korean baseball. That's the wild, that's the other wild thing. And I'm sure you saw this is that like in Denver, that the most bet on sports since it opened is table tennis. It's just because it's on every single day. By millions, I know. And but I, I don't even know where I would find it. I, I know where to find those marble races that we were seeing at the beginning of the pandemic, but like where would I even see the, the games to you know stream and bet on this table tennis stuff? Is it on well, FS1, FS2, Ocho? What is it? I don't think most of the people are actually watching it. You just, you get the lines on like drafting <laughs> and, and everything no. on FanDuel and you just bet on oh it. Oh my God. No, no, I could not. <laughs> Yo, if you are that person and you're just like going off names on a sheet, I need to meet you because I just, I want to know the the appeal because I, I don't see how I could be like, oh yeah, right gambling, there. Gambling, baby. You know, it's just a rush. It's like, oh yeah, gambling. Uh, what do you think of Uncut Gems? Did you like that? I loved it, but I okay. totally so the when I watched it, my reaction was that was amazing. It will <laughs> not win any Oscars, which yeah. I was correct about. And it's super niche because it was like I love sports betting. I love like that whole East New York scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love Adam Sandler. And so it was just in the NBA. So it just hit everything. Uh-huh. But some parts of it, uh, I, I don't know. There were some crass moments like uh, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you there. Yeah. It's good. Not great. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree with everything you said. I was the, like, the oh, sequel will inevitably like, oh. be awful. Oh, if they, how can you make a sequel though? I don't know. They'll uh, find a way. They make a sequel a of everything. That's though. true. They'll, they'll melt Every, it. It's, everything's a sequel and everything's a remake. They'll call it recut gems. <laughs> It's just his, it's going to be like 15 years later and his kid is going to own the jewelry store now and he's going to be super into betting and it's going to flash back to him like watching the Celtics with him. And Kevin Garnett's kid is going to get involved. KG was awesome. Yo, KG was awesome. I'll give him that. I uh, like, needed more KG in that movie, to be honest. I think when, it would have been interest, more interesting. Yeah, when people were building up LeBron in that one Amy Schumer movie. I when know. I saw it, I was like, eh, and I love LeBron, no, but like, I know on. LeBron's great. And I know he moved to LA so we could do more movies. But when I saw KG in this movie, it was like, Oh no, you, you actually did it. Like that was pretty good. Pretty believable. I think Peyton Manning's got to be the movie that Peyton is inevitably going to be in at some point in the next decade. It's going to be incredible. Whatever it is. Oh, I hope it's like, I hope it's a rom-com. I hope it's a I hope it's a remake of the replacements, but it's called like the retireds. And it's That'd like a cool. league for all the retired players that start. And then you got a bunch of cameos from all the other players. And hit me up, Peyton. I think I just came up with a with a good movie. See, I'm down for that, but i I want something like silly because Peyton has just incredible <laughs> comedic timing. Like I, I would just kill to see Peyton in some like suburban dad role where he's just like, 
talking trash to the neighbors because they're excited about something they accomplished and he's they can right they can totally make a movie of his snl character united way character right like just just some guy (laughs) that was a real dick to the kids and but he's like peyton manning i don't know i think you're right i think peyton manning needs to get an acting that might be my favorite snl skit ever granted i don't watch it every week anymore but no, I it's uh, I, especially as a, a sports fan. Yeah, that I think that is easily the best one ever. I, in terms, I remember seeing it and just just laughing so hard when it turned. Like you were, you were like, "Oh, where is this going?" And then when he when he pegs the kids, it's just so funny because it was Peyton Manning. And, and, it was, and it was like pre, it was right before the internet got super crazy in terms yeah. of social media. So we weren't quite as desensitized to that type of just like absurdity random comedy absolutely and so when it happened you're just like oh wait what it's <laughs> <laughs> paying kids it was great and and i and again at that time he was still the colts quarterback so i also hated his guts and so the fact that he was making me laugh i was like ah oh, man dang this is it's too bad you know it's just like i think i like peyton manning i'm not sure there's any player i've ever done a more dramatic 180 on than Peyton Manning who I had to watch eliminate the Broncos from the playoffs right. like three times in my childhood. I always put Broncos fans in that, like in just that, uh, I don't know, in a tight spot when it comes to Peyton Manning, especially in the ring of fame. Cause like, I understand the fan sentiment. You want him in the ring of fame, Super Bowl, 55 touchdowns. Like I, I understand, but he, he also beat the Broncos a lot. Like he, he, <laughs> there was a good stretch there where he, where we were just expecting 40 point losses to the Colts in the first round. He was literally the reason Clinton Portis was traded from the Broncos. And so it's just like, it's wild to think of like all the stuff that all the torment he put us through. And it's like, ah, all right, we'll put him in the ring. Peyton Manning is like almost single-handedly responsible for people thinking Jake Plummer's career was kind of meh. Oh my gosh. Right. And, and statistically Jake Plummer is the second winningest quarterback in Broncos history behind Peyton man. Plummer's my dude. I'll always stand behind them. I don't care what anyone says. So great, man. That was a, that was such a fun team that like that 2003, 2004, 2005 Broncos with him and like, Oh gosh, champ and Al Wilson. Oh man. That was so fun. Those were just the good old days. That was good old days. Speaking of the good old days, I I do want to ask you a couple of questions about your time at CSU before we get you off here. Hell yeah. That sounded weird, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's been a while. Hey, it's uh, it's what happens. Live podcast game, baby. It's all a gamble. (laughs) I'm curious, did you apply to other colleges? Uh, yes, I did. I applied to CU and uh, both of the Arizona schools, Ari- uh, University of Arizona and Arizona State. Um, I was mainly looking for journalism. Uh, and um, I believe I was accepted to CU and Arizona State. I don't remember Arizona. Um, but that was, uh, I think that was like the 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 semester that like CU was going to get rid of their journalism program or like something there. And so... Um, I'm really happy I didn't go down to like Arizona, like the physical state. Like I'm really happy I stayed in Colorado. Cause I, I was like thinking about like, <laughs> as, as weird as it sounds, I was like, one of the things that you learn, especially as a freshman is how much you walk everywhere. 
And I just oh, was God, not prepared yeah. for that. I was not prepared for that. And so like literally the first month of being at Colorado state, like most of the time I was thinking like when it was warm and like, you know, you're going through Parmalee and especially when you go through the lagoon lagoon, it's like all humid and sticky. And it was just like, Oh my gosh. And I was like, well, you could be doing this in like Phoenix or Tempe. So like, <laughs> you know, like it could be a lot worse in this situation. And so, um, yeah, Colorado State, man, that that, that was that was clutch. And, and and honestly, I'm gonna be honest, it wasn't. It really wasn't my top school. I was hoping for Arizona, um, and I had I also had uh, toured the Cronkite School at Arizona State. I believe I'm not mixing that up, um, and I really liked those. But um, the more I kept like my first visit to CSU, I was like, oh, this is you know, this is kind of a cool campus. And I came back when there were like students there, and there was like kind of buzzing. I was like, ah, no, you know what? This is really cool. I really like it. And, um, I like that campus more than CU's for some reason. I know like CU has, you know, a, a world renowned campus and I, I, I understand its beauty. I just didn't like that. It felt like a campus in a city. Like I really didn't like that. And Fort Collins is changing. I, I've been up to Fort Collins and it feels like a city now. Um, but at the time it just felt like an actual college town. I love that. I think the CU and CSU campuses are cool for different reasons. I get the appeal of the Boulder campus. The buildings yeah. are obviously really pretty and they've done a really cool job modernizing a lot of the stuff there. And I get it. Like Boulder is Boulder's neat, but I just liked how open and green CSU was, but just hearing you talk about how hot it was, gives me war flashbacks to living in Newsom <laughs> where there was no oh, air conditioning. Dude. And oh, it was a hundred degrees, like the entire no five weeks I lived there. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Do you remember your, what was it? The, what do they call it? The initiation weekend? Like the orientation the, the orientation. That's what it is. Yeah. And you had to like spend the night. Oh, I yeah. spent the night in the dorms. I was like, Oh my God, no way. There's no air conditioning here. No way. <laughs> so, and, and so, yeah, but no, you're right. And, and it, it really was like, I can still remember heading out of the Lori student center, you know, going West and like opening up and seeing just the, you know, the space to the A. And that was before the 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 new you know workout center was built. It was just the IM fields all the way to the. It was I was like, whoa, this is a this is an awesome campus. It's crazy just how much it's changed. Even in, I mean, I moved to Fort Collins in 2013, and that was they hadn't finished renovating the student center at that point. The rec yeah. center was pretty new. The stadium obviously was still you know a pipe dream at that point. Right. They built I don't even know probably like. 12 buildings on campus since then if not more it's just everything is building up the entire area on elizabeth and shields has changed i mean yo that was the yeah the, that was one of the wilder things i, I obviously knew they were going to have different buildings from like the it had been i think four or five years since i graduated and then like returning to campus and so I expected new buildings. I was like, oh, that's new. That looks cool. But I was shocked at, again, at just the surrounding area at how much it had grown and how many new apartments there were and how like it, it just it, it changed entirely. It's insane. I mean, even college and old town and when you were coming in, if you're coming off I-25 down Prospect and like you're heading to the campus, there used to be all these houses as you approach Shield. Yeah. All of that's been bought up now. It's just... Right. It'll nothing will be recognizable in fifteen years. No way. No. It's if if you if it's been a while since you've been to CSU, it's gonna look nothing like you remember. I might have asked you this last time, but I can't remember. What's your favorite spot on the CSU campus? 
Oh man. Ah, oh, you're going to put me, I, I, that's a good question. Like, I wish I had like thought about this. I remember when the behavioral sciences building first opened up, that was one of the, that was one of the coolest places to go and like study like the library. (laughs) Is the cube still there? The cube makes me laugh. The cube makes me laugh so hard. It's the cube is where you see people both like thriving and absolutely killing it. And also questioning every decision they've ever made in life. Right. And it's only like 20 people in there. That, that was the funniest part. It was like, it looked like it would be a really cool thing. And then I like walked up to it and I was like, there's like 16 people that can fit in here. How can you, what is this? Um, so yeah, I think the behavioral sciences building was great. Um, man, I mean, you can't, you have to have some type of love for the oval, especially my, my favorite oval is is in the summer like i know the fall is pretty but like when it's just green grass and it's just sunny oh man it's just gorgeous and again the walk out from the lori student center into the im fields now i mean i know they've totally like rebuilt it but it's still like gorgeous to walk out to you know that it's a, it's a whole rebuilt lagoon and all that but it's still like oh man this is really and the, the new workout center is actually kind of pretty it's not like i wouldn't call it an eyesore um no yeah it, it fits well in the space especially yeah. for how large it is yeah so um yeah i think oh man i think those two i those think good answers. yeah yeah the, i think does this the behavioral sciences have a roof that you can get to am i remembering that correctly i don't know honestly i'm not sure there it goes like four four or five floors high so possibly right. yes I think there was a roof that you could like hang out on that I really liked for the one year that I used it, I believe. Where, uh, where was your go-to like dining hall when you were in the freshman or when you were in the dorms? It's been a while. Man. Um, so I, I was, uh, Parmalee was my dorm. So I had the, the shared one with Corbett. I believe that's, man, it's been a while since I've said these words. This is is, wild. yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I remember like memorizing the menu and like, <laughs> I remember by spring, I was like actually sick of the food. Like I didn't want it. But now um, you, I miss it so much. I miss it. So, I, it was such an easy trip to just food. It was right there. And people made it for you. I can't believe I was just like so dumb and didn't appreciate it. Um, and that was, and I think that was also the time where the academic village was like popping off at, at the start. Like they were like, that would oh, make no, sense because that was like right when AV opened. Yeah. They're like, oh no, it's got like a like restaurant. So I was like, okay, we'll go. And it was like, it was the same thing. It was just like it was just fancier, slightly fancier presentation. Um, and then man, what, what's the spot? I think it's also in the academic village, but there was one spot that had like, was like a gas station where you could like get candy and soda. Yeah, and that's the that. AV Express or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a, that was cool. That was when that was the spot you went like Monday through Wednesday night. You know, you would like get get your dorm group and all the. And remember when you just lived with all the doors open and you'd be like, "Yeah, we're going to we're going to get some gummy bears or you know stuff like that." six of you would go across campus. It was <laughs> so fun. And then you would share sicknesses and that's, I, <laughs> that was, I my never favorite. got sick more than when I lived in the dorms. Absolutely. And I, I had communal bathrooms. Like we didn't even have the bathroom oh. in our room. Cause it was Newsome. So we, sh- yeah, we, what was, yeah, we had, uh, we shared with, 
the two other people. The sweet so bathroom. So four people. Yeah. yeah, the sweet bathroom. That's what it was. Um, yeah, but but I agree. Um, the worst sickness I ever got was in the dorms. Like uh, that was the closest. I don't I don't know if I was even close to death, but it's as close to what I viewed death was at the time. Like I just didn't know what was going on. I assume it was the flu. Could have. I got corona. the flu so bad I had to go like to the student medical health center yeah. because I passed out in the walking down the hall. <laughs> And so they like took me on oh like a stretch journey to the thing. And I, and it's like, so funny looking back at it now. It's like, well, yeah. Oh my God. Like the dorms must be cesspools. Like, can you, can you imagine living in a dorm post Corona? No way. I do. It'll probably make everybody a lot more sanitary because I'll Absolutely. tell you what, the guys on my floor did not give a damn. And I'll tell you, I, I will say one of the better investments we had in our dorm, we had like a one of those big gallon jugs of hand sanitizer that was just like, Smart. it was there. We didn't like ask people to sanitize, but it was one of those things when people saw it, they just did it, right? Like it's like, it's, like when you it's take kind of instinctive. Class, right, yeah, it's like. I had a like, really, I was lucky. I had a really cool floor. Everybody was really social. Everybody hung out. I mean, our we lived in Newsom, so I think it was kind of this shared camaraderie of like, well, if we're all going to live in the worst storm on campus, we might as well, you know, be really cool to each other. Uh, if, right. It could be worse. It could be, what was it? Edwards? Edwards was like the drug dorm. Yeah. That, that one, that one's pretty bad too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, all these names. What a, what a trip down memory lane. I did pretty much all my eating at academic village. Cause Newsom didn't have a dining hall in it. So, and that was the closest one. And I was too lazy. I just miss like going to the dining hall on Sunday morning. You're, I mean, probably hungover. Hungover. It's like 10 a.m. I'm getting geared up to do nothing but watch football all day. I should have been studying. There's a reason that it took me longer than four years to graduate. Right. Uh, But it was just like a routine. I'd get up, I'd go to the dorms with my roommate. We'd get coffee, we'd eat, you know, they'd have bacon and waffles and everything else. You don't care. You're 19. So you're not worried about carbs or anything. Casually eat a 2000 calorie breakfast and then go watch 14 hours of football and then hit the dining hall on the way back. Man, you're taking me back. Like, this is it. Like I I can remember this. I can like, I can see it. I can remember pouring the, the, crappy yellow Gatorade into the plastic cups. I was hung over and I needed it. Like, ugh, you, you, this is so good. My go-to, they had a, they had blue Powerade at the oh, AV. And so I would always do the lucky. blue Powerade and Sprite. Ooh! That was my, that was my revive. Combo. If you're dying and <laughs> you're, you need some revitalization, you hit the blue Powerade, the Sprite, and some crappy dorm pizza, you could run a marathon after that. Probably not, but you are a couple spoonfuls of cough syrup away from scissorp. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I went into that dining hall inebriated quite a few times. I think it, I think it's a rite of passage. Yeah, I think, yeah, pretty much. I mean, probably, like I said, probably should have studied a little bit more, but water under the bridge. <laughs> hey, you graduated. Eventually. Eventually. We all graduated eventually. What uh? What was your go-to drink like early in college? Before you know, before you're 21, everybody Ooh. always has something that they tend to tend to buy frequently. Man, I was a beer guy um, as a as a as a kid. As What's a, funny as is you freshman. had like a baby face too, so I wouldn't have guessed that just going that's, off the dome. Right. That's the wild thing is that like 
it was mainly beer because that's like all I could get at the parties. Right. It was the Keystone lights. But like, if, if, if I could get someone to buy, it was always Miller light. I don't know why I thought it just tasted great. I taste it now and I go, eh. um, but it wasn't it, right when I turned 21. That's when I got into Jack Daniels. Jack and Coke was the was was good, and I really got into whiskey. And now whiskey's still my drink. I fucking love whiskey. I'm a big whiskey guy. I always have been. I freshman year maybe not quite as much. Granted, we drank quite a bit of Kentucky Deluxe, which is like <laughs> the worst whiskey you can possibly buy. <laughs> that's one. That's on the bottom shelf in the back. That's the that's the one. That's a like thirteen dollar handle. Oh man, that like oh, I can just feel that burn. See, but, I was more gasoline than whiskey. But when you when you quote unquote grow up on that or whatever, it you can drink anything at that point. I mean, oh I, my gosh! I remember the first time I had moonshine; it was brutal. But I was like, I drink Kentucky Deluxe for three years. This is fine, dude. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna lie. At the it, at, at the end of college, especially um, at the at like when I, at CTV we would do sports on Mondays. Right. Um, and then we would all go out after and, you know, get hammered. And I remember going to Lucky Joe's and one night it was like me and two other people. And uh, we, we asked the waitress to like surprise us one time. And she brought, uh, she brought over the, <laughs> I think she was like being funny because she brought over the drink called Chicks Dig It. And it had like a gummy worm in it. And it was the fruitiest drink I've ever had. And it was so good. <laughs> and I was like, and she, and I was like, yo, do you have anything else like that? And she was like, yeah, we have like a whole list. Just like, what flavor do you want? And I was like, what? I can pick the flavor. And so she showed me like the electronic list of drinks at Lucky Joe's and we were just going down them. And I'm telling you, the fruity drinks are amazing. I don't care what anyone else says. They're so good. Like I, I yeah, whiskey, it burns like going down. And I, I appreciate, you know, whiskey, whiskey neat as much as the next person. But why would you not want like just a fruity drink that gets you hammered? Like I just don't <laughs> understand why I would be frowned upon for drinking this delicious drink. Like if I was eating strawberries, no one's gonna care. If I was eating an apple, no one's gonna care. But all of a sudden, I put I make an apple martini and I, I can't drink it. No, stop it! I'm not. I'm not hearing that. I need to branch out and try more drinks. I oh, man. I have not tried a lot of them, not because I'm worried about being shamed, but because I'm just too cheap to leave the house. So I just, I buy, you know, liquor and bring it home. Don't be ashamed of that. Like a sad I, old man. I get it. Th- those bar tabs got expensive very quickly. Oh, it's, like, I do kind of miss those days though, especially, it, I think it's a very big student media thing, especially because everybody gets, you know, you work on your projects, you know, you have a show night or you have a production night for the paper and that's, well, what are we going to do? Well, I guess we're all we're all gonna go to the bars, right? It's like that's as close to work as you're gonna get, right? Like at the end of a hard work week, you and your colleagues go out and get drinks, and so it was the same thing. It was like, oh, we have school and we have to do this sort of job. Yeah, let's go get let's go get drinks. Was Lucky Joe's your your spot? Ah, uh, depends on like the kind of drinking you wanted to do. Uh, that's fair. Lucky Joe's was the chill talk nurse a beer spot for me. Cause you can, you had peanuts, like, come on, game over. That's, that's, that's like the biggest win. Um, but the spots for the heavy drinking and the partying were Bondi. Is it still called Bondi? Oh yeah. Bondi, the beach bar. Bondi and Yeti. Wash oh. bar was a wash bar was wild on Thursdays too. 
Um, and then what's the one? Oh, I bet it's gone by now. I can't even remember it. I think it was on Elizabeth near. Oh, man, this is going to be. Road 34. Yeah, Road 34. That's nice. what it is. No, 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 no. Uh, it's a, I think it's across from Road 34. Road, isn't Road 34 uh, like a garage, like kind of? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, Mojo's. There's. Uh, can't remember. Uh, there I thought used it was, to like, be it was like right before like Rams, Rams Place. Rams. Yeah, I can't remember. It's tough because a lot of those change now pretty frequently. Yeah. Like, yeah, but. It's one of those. Um, I love Joe's though. Joe's a fun spot. Yeah. I'm not I'm not much of a, a Bondi goer at this point, but I guess that makes sense because now I'm twenty-five Yo. and that's oh in, in bar years. If if the you're if you're twenty-five at Bondi, you're basically eighty. So Oh yeah. Oh dude. I can't imagine even walking in at, at twenty-nine. Like I, any of those bars. Maybe Lucky's, but like Yeti. Lucky's is good. I don't Lucky's know what Yeti's when you go in there. There's a pretty, there's an older crowd generally. Any, I mean, there's always college bros and stuff like right. that too. But, but I don't. I'm not worried about getting bombarded by a bunch of frat guys or anything like that. There. Now, the last time I remember, or at least when I was the year I graduated, I remember Old Town kind of moving, uh, like down. What was it? There's a pig one. There's a pig related. The blind pig. Blind. Yeah, that one. Yeah. And then like, did it keep moving down where there just more spots opening down that way? Yeah. So now it's just like, it's expanding just like further, further North and further, okay. further East. So now there's just like more like the, eventually it's just going to be like breweries all the way to Wyoming. But... <laughs> the Wyoming breweries will meet at the border. It'll, yeah, it'll be great. Well, Ryan, dude, it was good to catch up with you as always. Yo, this was great. I Thank always you for like coming talking on. about CSU, man. No one, know. No one, no one in Denver asks me about my CSU experience. This is so <laughs> great. They're all just, it's always meant by, oh, you went CSU? Oh, that's great. Yeah. La, 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 la.